Who's the most humble of, of them all? <laughs> well, it ain't you, buddy. <laughs> you papers? Wow. Yeah, thank you. <clears throat> you guys think of everything. <clears throat> Sorry, we're a little bit late. I was in a meeting. All right. It's all right. Is the camera on? Nope. It's about to be. Let me know when it's rolling and all on. <clears throat> so, how is everyone? Good. Excellent. I think you're a little crazy. <laughs> Jumping around like a bunch of madmen. <clears throat> they don't call it go loca for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I remember in 1976, we were in Mayapur. It's probably the biggest, the first big uh, Mayapur uh, pilgrimage. So many people came. We had like <clears throat> seven or eight hundred devotees, which was a lot. And now we have like twelve thousand. But anyway, people got dancing and chanting, and devotees were throwing each other in the air and bouncing off the walls. And so, one of the sannyasis went up to Prabhupada's room and said, "Srila Prabhupada." It's getting pretty crazy down there. And Prabhupada said, yes, kirtan means to dance like a madman. So, <laughs> so Prabhupada was, he was into it, yeah. Are we on yet? So this guy up right here. I can get it balanced. Okay. What's up? Fine. I'll just put this guy, I'll touch this guy right here. What is this? That's, that's a tools mic. Oh, another one. It's starting to feel so special and important. <laughs> Good to go. Hello, everybody. Can they get a full shot of that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Nice and clear. So, thank you out there, Cyberland. Thank you for tuning in. So glad to have you. Love's reward. So, um, that's the title for tonight. Love's reward. So, By the way, before I get started, have you met the new people, the new folks? Did anybody introduce the new folks? Um, we have. I don't think we have anyone new here. Well, we have Chaitanya Leela Devi Dasi. Oh yeah. <laughs> Chaitanya Leela Devi Dasi Kija. We have Krishna Nam Das. 
So this Sampradaya goes uh, all the way back. So, love's reward. What's the reward of love? What do you get if you go and you give love? What's the reward? Ever thought about it? What's it worth? Yeah, you get more love. So, if you give love, you should get love. <coughs> Although that's not uh, a prerequisite. We don't require that, you know, if I love you, you've got to love me. At least as much as I love you. That's material consciousness. In the material world, it's like that. If I'm going to love you, I'm expecting it back over this way here. Otherwise, I'll find somebody else to love. So, and we've often said, if you go out in the world looking to be loved, it's going to be a long, hard, heartbreaking road. It'll be difficult. You have some success, but it'll be difficult. But if you go out in the world to love, you're going to drown in an ocean of love. So you... Uh, you want to be a lover. You will be loved. Don't worry about that. So, <clears throat> now we hear this, other people say this kind of thing too. But can you just love? I mean, let's say that you're out uh, in the desert and you're far from uh, civilization. Okay, and there's nobody out there, not even a coyote, not even a rattlesnake, and you're out there. Can you just sit there and love? Think about that. Anybody? No. Huh? I don't think so. Yeah, some people will say, yes, I can. But you're right. Because for me to love, uh, I have to have an object of my love. There has to be something that I'm loving. I could even feel some affection for a sunset. Wow, that sunset is so beautiful. Wow, look at that sunset. Oh, it's already gone. Shucks. You know? Uh, so there, there must be an object of your love. There must be something that inspires you to offer some love, right? So, uh, what is it about people that we love? What is it that we love about people when you meet somebody? Is it that they are very handsome? 
very beautiful. That might inspire some love in the beginning. Oh, just see how beautiful, how handsome you are, so tall. They could speak uh, very, what's the word? Eloquent. Huh? Eloquent. Eloquently, you know? And you, so you think, oh, you must have gotten some education, so I'm inspired. So there are things about you. So what are these? What do we call this? Well, I was just, before answering that one, I was just going to say there's other things that we love in other people. Could it be that we know that they are similar to us? That they, they also are a soul? Like, that's yeah. maybe not necessarily that yeah. material stuff. The similarity thing is common because, uh, gee whiz, I go to a pep rally, a political rally, and there's a whole bunch of their people there that think alike, and I think like them, I kind of I like these people. You see what I mean? Or I always think of the people, uh, I don't know if they still do it, but in office buildings it used to be you know this and I'm sure there's no smoking in offices now but it used to be they would hang out in front of the buildings the smokers would or on the loading dock and so one smoker would go out there and there would be other smokers and they would be oh you smoke my brand hey you like them yeah I like them you know so in other words we have something in common you know you voted for so and so you smoke my brand. Uh, we both do heroin. You know, by the people that walk past us as they go in and out of the office building, they see us out here smoking. They think you idiots. Don't you know you're killing yourself. They think we're crazy, but you don't think I'm crazy because you're smoking too, my man. Right on. You know. So our. Uh, Neuroses match up. I'm a little crazy about not caring for my health. Um, and neither are you. You know, you're kind of that way too. So we have something in common. You see. We like to get together and talk about how much we hate the other party. Well, we've got something in common. What is that? Anger. We can be angry together. You know? So I find some attraction. What is this love? What is it about someone that we love? For us to love somebody. I feel like their true personality or maybe their ability to bullseye. Bring you closer to it's their personality. You know? Oh. It doesn't matter ultimately what their outward appearance is yeah uh love in birth and noun form is truth so pretty much both parts of what you said yeah yeah you get to know someone and they're truthful they're kind always honest dependable you, you start to feel some respect love admiration these things go hand in hand I respect you. 
you know, I'm starting to admire you. You know, I think I feel love for you. You see what I mean? So it's the personality. So take away personality, and how can I claim that I love you? Because if I tell you, Jesse, I love you, you've got a right to say, well, thank you very much, but what is it that you love about me? Well, I really love that shirt. Cool socks, nice quaff, you know. Well, we were at the rally the other night, you were yelling just as loud as me, you know. So, you see what I mean? You have the right to wonder, well, what is it that you love about me? So, um, so when we offer love to God, let's say we want to offer love to God, this is very uncommon. A lot of people like to argue this and say, no, no, it's not. It's very common for people to want to love God. Uh, if you're going to love God, do you love him just because you believe there's a God? Well, there's a God. He's all-powerful. By God, you'd better love him. You know? How does this work? How do I love... I mean, for me to really love you, i got to get to know you. There's got to be something about you to start to admire. You know? Well, the thing... Your persona draws me closer. I start to think subconsciously... How could I not love this guy? Such a wonderful person. So, can I love you more than I can love God? What do you think? Yes. Yes. For now. But he's the supreme. How can you not? Let's take Zach. Zach is lovable. But Krishna, God, is so many more times lovable. Now, he's part and parcel of Krishna. But Krishna is, is the all-lovable, the all-loving. Well, he's the source of love. You see what I mean? So, for us to love God, I mean, really... Argue with me if I'm if I'm if you don't agree. It's okay. I won't be offended. For us to love God, don't you have to get to know Him a little bit and know something other than, well, look, I love God, and you say, why? Because He's God. Damn it! Be quiet. He'll hear you. You don't want Him to hear you. Yes, yes, we love you, God. Yeah. We love you all the way. What if God says, And what do you love about me? Boy, that's, a, that's being in the spotlight, isn't it? So if we're going to go there, if we're going to love God, we've got to get to know him, don't we? Otherwise, we're loving him just because... We'd better, or we know it's 
that we should. Am I wrong? Arjun Sarti had a question, then I'll get to you. The lovable thing about the living entity uh, is that they are part and parcel of the supreme entity. They're part and parcel. We have everything that he has, just in smaller doses, you see. He has a, an endless supply of beauty. Now we're also very beautiful, much more beautiful. The soul is much more beautiful than you can imagine. You, you cannot imagine how you look when Krishna sees you. What does he see? Something far greater than you can imagine. Um, you are empowered to give him a experience. Why would he have it any other way? He doesn't have to settle, you see. You are uh, supremely lovable because you're like him. We may be small, he's very big, but still we have that uh, similarity. You are uh, extraordinarily lovable. So as I get to see this godliness within you, now how, how does that manifest? by your service to my beloved. If I love God, and I can see that you love him, now I admire you. You see what I mean? I admire and I love you. You're, you are, I'm seeing the lovable side of you. And I'm talking on a, on a spiritual level. Not that you do good things, you open hospitals, or you feed the poor, that's very nice. But you uh, enhance my beloved's ecstasy. So how can I not love you for that? You see what I mean? So the devotee, when he becomes somewhat purified, uh, becomes very attractive. You see? Because he's becoming self-realized. My position as a living entity is to enhance the ecstasy of the Supreme Lord. Now that makes you, and you're empowered to do that. So if I can enhance the ecstasy of the Supreme God, what can I do for the common man? You see what I mean? Without even trying. So the devotee becomes somewhat attractive to people who don't know what they are or what they're doing. Does that make any sense? Mm -hmm. Does that answer your question? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> um, kind of going back to what you said about um, that I, it was really, really beautiful when you said that how we look to Krishna and to, to God is so much more beautiful than we ourselves can imagine and that because the soul is so beautiful. 
and you kind of made, you know, you made this like reaction like, of Krishna or you know seeing us and having like this kind of like, and he wouldn't have it any other way. And I just wonder like, can you explain that a little bit more in the sense that like, if Krishna created us, God created us, and we are parts of Him. Doesn't He kind of already know what we look like? Like, would He not be surprised? Oh, he, he knows what you look like. But you're so beautiful that when you... It's just like, we know what an Arizona sunset looks like. We see them every night. They're beautiful. The sunsets here are incredibly. But when you look at them, you go, wow, look at that. Just looking at the mountains. We know what they look like. We see them every day. But we may look at them and say, oh, that's, that's beautiful. Yeah, but even sometimes it's just like uh, going up to Mount Lemmon. No matter how many times you go up there, along the way you're going to see views that make you say, oh, wow, look at that. Let's stop and take some pictures. I would say, uh, like, saying that, like, uh, why Krishna knows, like, how we look, is it's like how we don't know how ants look apart from each other because we don't know ants, but we know humans, so that's why we're able to tell this part is. Like when you know something, that's how you can tell the Yeah. Yeah, and the nature of love, supreme love especially, when you look at your beloved, they always make you feel love. In the material world, it may be like that for a while, but then people get used to each other. You know? In the, in the beginning of the marriage, the husband sees his wife, he says, ah, my wife. After some time, he sees his wife, he says, ah, my wife. Who is that person in there? Oh, that's just my wife. Am I exaggerating? No. Well, that's not spiritual love, Krishna, just because... Uh, you were part and parcel of him and he knows what you look like doesn't mean that he ever gets used to it. Why would he have it that way? Doesn't make any sense. He sees one of his living entities and he says, huh, it's just sad. You all bore me. But you know I'm God. I'm the source of everything and you're all boring. I think I'll isolate myself. No, it's not like that. You exist to enhance his ecstasy. So therefore you are empowered to enhance his ecstasy. And beautiful. Charming. While well, you're everything oh, that it takes to please him. You see? And this is the source of pleasure. So think about how great you must be. So, um, but how do we get to know God? I mean, this isn't something cheap. And you can't say, well, <clears throat> I gotta love him because he's God. Doesn't that make sense? By theoretically, 
You gotta love it. You see what I mean? That's why I say not enough people pursue this love of Godhead. Because, because it's okay to have awe and reverence. And it is okay. It's okay. Now you can go beyond awe and reverence. Do, do you think God wants you to go beyond awe and reverence? Huh? Who said that? Yeah, you're right. I mean, how much fun would it be to have a relationship with someone and every time they see you, they go, oh, Praises. You're not angry, are you? That was close. You see what? No, it should be when your eyes meet. Oh, my beloved. Yes, come to me. You see? And so this is bhakti yoga, but some people are happy to level off at different levels. The American Indians were uh, pantheists. They worshipped God by worshipping his creation. Knowing that there is a creator, but also knowing and admitting we don't know anything about him. But look at the art that he did. Look what he left. We don't know the artist, but we see the art. And I can worship him by worshiping the art. You see what I mean? <clears throat> I'm not saying they're bad, but there's a different level you can get to where you get a little closer and maybe you have some awe and reverence. Like, I don't know God, but I know he's great. And I, I wish for his blessings. You see what I mean? And then you can transcend above that. The bhakti yogis, uh, they want to know him. And Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita that you can know him in full, free from doubt. Seventh chapter, first verse, Krishna says that. You can. And because I'm telling you that you can and how to do it, I want you to. You see? So, but it's kind of difficult, isn't it, to just know God and love him? So what do we get from God if I just try real hard? I do some devotional service. I try to muster up whatever love I can imagine and perform some service. And I pray to him, please give me some service that will allow me to associate with you, to please you. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Please, my dear Lord, I'm appealing to you. I want the knowledge that I need about you to love you. So, Bhagavad Gita, 10th chapter, you know it was leading up to a verse, didn't you? 10th chapter, 10th verse. Krishna says, he gets on this very t uh, topic. This is love's reward. What do you get if you love God? 
Now, knowing and admitting up front that your love isn't going to be perfect yet because you don't know all there is to know. But you want to go there, Krishna says. Tesham satata yuktanam vajatam vritti purvakam dadami buddhi yogam tam yena mamukpayantite Krishna says to those who are constantly devoted to serving me with love, I give the understanding by which they can come to me. This is all I want. I want you to be constantly devoted to serving me with love. Demonstrate your love to me by doing service to me. Now, if you you knew me, if you weren't in the darkness of illusion, you couldn't resist me. You would be serving and offering love. You know, you, you can't uh, know anything about him, really, without falling madly in love. He's that attractive, you see. But we don't. So Krishna says, you just do some service. And I'll give you from within. From within you, I'll give it to you, the understanding by which you can come to me. Isn't that sweet? I mean, he's like kind of bending over backwards. You just do some service. Try to feel some love. You know, try that. And I'll do the rest. Now, he says the same thing different places in Bhagavad Gita. He's uh, reaching out. 922? You know, can you quote 922? Uh, 922? English, do the English. Yeah. You serve Krishna with love and devotion. I'll preserve everything you have. You won't lose anything. And I'll supply anything you're lacking. That means I'll give you anything. Now, you know, if if the average guy says, hey, look, buddy, I'll give you anything, you wonder, what are his resources? (laughs) What, What can you give me? So you give me everything now, if someone says, I'll give you what I can, well, no, that sounds down to earth. But if God says, I'll give you anything. Taking that check to the bank. That's, I'm going, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give you a blank check. Uh, I'll carry whatever you like. And, and you won't lose anything. I'll preserve what you have. I mean, that's really reaching out, you see. That's pretty sweet. So Krishna's reaching out to us. So, oh, the Dhammi Buddhi Yogam Tom, oh, this Buddhi Yogam is the highest intelligence. Buddhi Yoga is Bhakti Yoga. It's the Yoga of Love. This is the highest intelligence, to love God. Intelligence that doesn't teach us how to do anything 
but love God, what's the use? What is the use of it? If your purpose for existing is to love God and to have a loving exchange with Him, then the only valuable <clears throat> information, uh, the highest intelligence, is this science that brings me closer into a loving relationship with a source of love. In other words, I'm finding my original self. I'm finding reality. I'm starting to deal with reality. Why is it reality? Because it's eternal. It's the way it was before I came here. It's the way it will be when I leave here. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Fit into the machine. You'll get out there and you'll get a job. Yeah. And you know what that means. That means house, cars, mate, good schools for children, why the best country clubs. No. So fit into our machine. And you know what? You'll get a 401k and Social Security. Someday you can retire. And just live it up, right? No, it doesn't work that way because you're old. You worked all your life so that you can retire, but now you've got a body that's starting to fail. I mean, I'm not saying this just to sound macabre. This is fact. This is true. I just had a talk with my doctor today. You know, I went and had a doctor's appointment. The poor guy, he's older than me. He's 76 years old. He came in and he said, so, what's your, your problem today? And I said, well, I'm old. <laughs> I'm getting older. Well, this thing's starting to fall apart. And he laughed. He said, I can't help you there. He said, I'm older than you are. You know, I'm falling apart too. <laughs> He's 76, I'm 70. You know, so this, what have you got to look forward to if you live to be a ripe old age? <clears throat> Retire, draw your 401k. Social Security. You got a condo on the beach, but you can't get up and down the stairs. Make sure you get one with a, an elevator. You know? It, you see what I mean? So what do you get if you fit into the American machine? So you get a life of anxiety, waiting for something to come. We're always waiting for vacation can't wait for vacation. And then people get their vacation, the first thing they do is they eat too much, they drink too much, 
You ever heard people say, I need a vacation after my vacation? Well, that's true. I remember when I used to go through Hawaii. I went there often. And walking on the beach and see people the next day. They've saved all their life to go to Hawaii. Here they are. And they're all hungover. They're sick. You know, they're out there in the sand. Yeah, it's a gorgeous place. I'm sick. Too much vacation. <laughs> I waited for so long so that I could go to Hawaii. Stay in Waikiki. Woo. And be hung over. You know, so yeah. And wait for retirement. You know, retirement. If I wasn't a retired preacher, I'm retired from business life. I have been for over 15 years. But if I didn't have my service to Krishna, I don't know what I would do. That's why they say most people that retire, they die not too, not too long after there. You know, people who keep working live longer. You need a cause, something that you're giving your life for. If you get this illusory prize of retirement, it's not a prize. You see, people don't like it so much. So, so this pursuance of knowledge about God is not a cheap thing. Uh, a lot of people try to speculate it. If you, if you search through, I mean, the world is full of scriptures. You know, a lot of people just, if you haven't been around the world very much, you don't really, or studied world religions, you don't realize how many religions there are. There are a lot of scriptures, right? How many of these scriptures tell you about God and his personality? or directions on how to get him in your arms or description that would want to make you get him in your arms. Tuck him, lay your head on his shoulder. You see what I mean? So what I'm saying is most people speculate. Well, God is, a lot of people think he's an old man. You ever see those depictions, you know? He's on a cloud, and he's real old, big long beard. And there's other people on clouds, not on the same cloud, they're on other cloud, and they're playing harps. Where does this come from? Who wants to do that? Do you want to go on a cloud? And on the cloud next to you is this old man with a long beard, but he's God. If he's God, how did he get old? Even God can't escape old age? I don't get this. This is the result of speculation. You can't speculate your way to God. What does Prophet say here? Different kinds of people. Uh, when a person knows the goal of life, 
but is addicted to the fruits of his activities, he's acting in karma yoga. I'm going to do good stuff. I'm going to do good activities. I get good stuff in return. You know? I'll go to church and I'll throw some money in the in the hundi or in the plate or whatever other religions have. Something you put your money into. I do pious activities and God's going to give me. That's karma yoga. I'll do. He gives. I do. I get back. Okay, that's pious. Not first class, but it's pious. It is. certainly is. Or, when one knows the goal is Krishna, but takes pleasure in mental speculations to understand Krishna, he's acting in Gyan Yoga. Gyan Yoga is accumulation of speculative knowledge. Well, I think that it could be the world is full of gunnies, speculators. You know, it's ego-based. I think I can come up with a speculation that makes me seem more erudite than you. And then you maybe come back to me a couple of months later with one even better. And neither one of us are falling in love with God but we're patting ourselves on the back, you know. I think and I believe it could be. I remember one time I was uh, preaching in Tennessee with Tamal Krishna Maharaj, <clears throat> and there was this young boy there, and at, when he finished, Maharaj says, are there any questions? And this, uh, this guy said, well, I'd like to make a comment. And so <laughs> Goswami cuts his eyes at me like, here we go. <laughs> and he said, go ahead, say what you like. And this guy says, well, I think, I believe it could. And he, so Goswami says, stop. You're speculating. We don't speculate here. I'm giving you knowledge and you want speculation? If you want to speculate, go find a crowd of speculators. We're looking for knowledge. You go to school, you don't want the teacher to say, I think that it could be maybe. No, he want, he's going to tell you how it is. That's giving knowledge. Not like, well, I think. I, I, what do I care what you think? I want to know what you know. And don't tell me what you feel. You know, I feel, okay, think a little bit more, and maybe that'll help you feel better. But let your thoughts be provoked with knowledge. Boy, knowledge is golden. Yeah. But, I mean, that's, I think that's a really great point. As someone who has speculated a lot, I feel like it's all of us, a, all of us, have. In the absence of knowledge, what are we left with? Yeah. But I guess my question is like, and you, you probably know this from like Jewish, you know, Jewish religion and the and the from the uh, Torah and stuff is like, 
they claim that their stuff is also knowledge because and like, it is like Moses came down from the hill that after like speak or from the mountain like speaking to God so like that wasn't he wasn't speculating so like how no yeah no that is knowledge yeah so how the, the, the knowledge in the Torah is knowledge yeah. The knowledge in the Quran is knowledge. Uh, yeah. The knowledge in the Bible is knowledge. Yeah. But will the knowledge give you a picture of the personality and the face of the Supreme? Gotcha. Now, it may give you a step that in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. But I went to... You know, the yeah. and, and, and the church... You know, my parents were loose. If I'd have gone to the Christian church and they were Hasidic, that would have been heresy. But they weren't. They said, oh, you can go to church. Yeah, go. Yeah. So I got this side and I got that side. I spent more time in the, uh, in the Christian church, Baptist and Catholic. And I was going there because of girls. <laughs> But while I was there, it was interesting. It was really interesting. And I was just about asked not to come back because I asked too darn many questions. Hey, what about... Again, with the questions, you know. Did you have a question? And it's slanted. You know, King James King James did a number on the Bible. I mean, I'm not saying he's evil. He was a king. He, and he could. And he won. He, he probably thought, you know, this is what it should say. <laughs> you know, he asked the scribes, read that verse again. No, no one cometh unto the Father except through one apater. What does that mean? No one cometh unto the Father except through one of the Father. Well, I don't like that. Let's make that, no one cometh unto the Father except through me. And the scribe says, okay, yes, your majesty. In the Greek is clearly apater, one of the Father. I mean, that's what it was penned in. It was penned in Greek. That's what it says. That's the translation. So what does that mean? one cometh, apater, one of the Father. So no one cometh on, but then 
after King James was finished, it's no one cometh under the under the Father except through me. Just like you said, a complete departure. King James says, no, no, that's too open. You know, that doesn't achieve my mission. So that ain't gonna work. And the scribes might even say, yes, but your honor, it clearly says, oh, oh yes, your honor, your majesty, why? That's what it says, so let it be. That's what it says, and that's the way it shall be penned. You know? Yeah. So then the question becomes, um, is there only one or many that are actually of the Father? You're of the Father. What are you? I mean, where did you come from? Some, some other existence where there's some other God somewhere? No, we are all part and parcel. We are all of the, we are all apater. Some of us have dedicated everything. Just like Krishna says, if, if you can constantly serve God with love, I give them the understanding by which they can come to me. Then you become someone, once you're given that understanding, you can give it to him. And I can cometh unto the Father through your understanding that you got from your love and devotion. And you gave it to him. And now he can give it to him. You see? This isn't just for a chosen one in a million or whatever. This is the nature of all living entities. You are one of the Father. If you're not, what the heck are you? Every God, definition of God, he from which everything cometh. Everything cometh from God. That includes you. You are of the Father. You're part and parcel. And this knowledge belongs to you too, but it's covered over. And Krishna says, I'll give you the understanding of which you can come to me. He practiced bhakti yoga, buddhi yoga. Here he calls it buddhi yoga, which has a dual meaning: the highest intelligence and the highest yoga. Buddhi, the highest yoga intelligence, also means activity. Love, offering love. You're in the beginning. You don't know me, but you're yet. You're offering it. So now I'm going to show myself to you to the degree that your sincerity as it grows. You want to love me? I'll give you something to love. You see? Did you have a question? Hey, I was just thinking of the verse where Krishna says in the second chapter. He says, those who are on this path, their intelligence is, um, their intelligence is resolute, they're single-focused, and how the people of God from all all walks are focused on that connection. They, they can see the uh, they can see the oneness in the pursuit of God. Yeah. And that throughout all time, like you mentioned, King James, there's been people who I'm not saying him specifically. I don't know really history, but there are people that, in the name of religion, actually um, lose focus, deviate from that purpose of loving God through 
sectarian struggles, which isn't really what yeah. religion or faith is about. Yeah, because we're the right and true religion, and you're not. I have the right to conquer your country and kill you and take your land. Now, who did that? Huh? All of them. Britain did it more than anybody. You know? Because you're a heathen, you're just a, a native. So, what are you doing with this land anyway? Well, we'll use it for king and for God. We, can, we claim it for God. If you resist, we'll kill you. And if we kill enough of you, then you'll stop resisting. So, this is just history. You know, I'm not, I'm not even exaggerating. I'm not even telling the, the, the picture as it is. This is mitigated, you know. So, yeah, people misuse it, you know, because they have material mentality. I'm right, and I'm the only, and so you don't, you're, what are the, uh, you're an infidel. Because I'm right, and you're not even, you're not even considered to be human being. Because you don't read my book. We don't say that I understand that, that you believe, and that we really do all believe in the same God. I like when my way better, because I feel that I'm getting closer. No, it's like, no. You're wrong. Your whole belief system doesn't even exist. Which makes you an infidel. Therefore killable. You know, Spanish Inquisition, ring any bells? You know, any people in here know history? It's funny how many people have forgotten history, isn't it? It's one of the curses of being old. You know all this stuff. And you're, you meet people who they don't even know. They, they've heard about it, but they don't know what it was like. I mean, I mean, I wasn't there, but studied it. Did you have a question, Christine? Um, I don't know if it's actually on the original point, so I can let it go. But no, no, that's okay. No. <laughs> Well, they had, anyway. they had stolen the throne. Right. So the, my question is, in a situation that is not like that, such as like, you know, maybe um, because we're eternal beings and because if we leave this body, we go to the next place anyway, if there's a long-term purpose to be fulfilled that God sees needs to happen in order for other better things to happen or in order for like a greater consciousness or awakening to happen in the future, do you think that he would instruct people to specifically go to war with 
The answer is absolutely. And we're at war now. But we're using mantras for weapons. We're using the Maha Mantra. This is a war against illusion. Yeah. It's a spirit, it's a war over consciousness. It's a war against our own flesh, really, in a way. Krishna had to, um, at least he was convinced, that at the beginning of Kali Yuga, 5,000 years ago, as we go into Kali Yuga, the demoniac forces had taken control of the earth. At that time, Hastinapur was the capital of the world. They knew of North America. North America was was known by the Indians, I mean, because it was discovered later on. They knew about planets that we didn't discover until the 1900s. So all this was there. So Maharaj Yudhisthira was the, should have been the emperor of the world. But the demoniac forces through hooker by crook through hook and crook, had taken over. And so Krishna didn't want Kali Yuga to start with the demons in charge. He wanted us to have a better chance. And so they were given every chance to stop, you know, step down, give the throne back to the proper owner. And they said, no, we will, we will fight. And so Krishna said, then, let us fight. And Krishna had this marvelous army, the best army in the world. And so he said to Arjuna, which would you, I'll give you your first choice. Do you want my army? Or do you want me? And Krishna said, I'm not going to fight. I'm just going to advise. And what did Arjuna say? want you Krishna. So Krishna's army went to the other side. Krishna was just the, he was just the sarati, the driver, he just did it him. You see. So that's why. So uh, 500 years ago, Lord Chaitanya declared war on Kali Yuga. He declared war with the holy name chant this holy name, spread this holy name, and it will drop bombs on illusion. You see, sing and dance. Wow, I just noticed Lord Nityananda is manifesting. Yeah. Hare Krishna. Oh. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so Lord Chaitanya, he's, this is his war. This is his battlefield. Harinam. What did Lord Chaitanya spread? He spread Krishna Nam. So, so yeah, war could be different. You know, this is a, this is an all-out war. This is a full court press to save the world from illusion. We're going, we're giving our lives. So many uh, millions are giving their lives to spreading this Krishna consciousness. If someone says, no, no, I don't need your Krishna consciousness. 
I'm happy with what I have. I'm a Jew. I'm a good Jew. Then pronounce, what are you, Christian? I'm a Christian. I'm a Muslim. What are you, Christian? Take as much of God as you want, you see. If you get enough of him and you say, that's all I want right there, that's okay. No criticism. And even you can say, well, I'm right and you're wrong and your whole thing is just garbage. Oh, honey, Krishna. Think what you like, you see. Because uh, Krishna is giving us the knowledge that we can come to him. The more we love him, the more this knowledge starts to, to shine. So, let me read this next verse very quickly. This is the next verse, uh, 11th verse. Tisham evan kampartam aham agyan jam dvaha nasyam yatva Bavasto Yanadipenabhavasta to show them special mercy. I, dwelling in their hearts, destroy with the shining lamp of knowledge the darkness born of ignorance. I'll give you. I'll give you the knowledge. I'm in your heart. This knowledge is yours if you want it. You offer some uh, loving service. Now, if you say, well, I don't want to just offer service. I'll do good, and you, do, and I'll get good. Okay, then that's karma yoga, which could apply to many different religions. I'll do good, and you give me good. Including, give me a good home after I die. You know, give me a good place to go. Okay, that's karma yoga. If I just want to take what I know about you and speculate the rest, that's Gyan Yoga. That applies to many religions. But if you want to approach Krishna with love and surrender, then that's uh, Bhakti Yoga. And then Krishna will give you whatever you need to find it, personally. So, all right, let's wrap it up and take prasadam. And if there's any questions or comments, we can talk while we take prasadam. Uh, all glories to Shiva Serving feast and setup, that's a, that's 11 p.m. Krishna's born at midnight, so we start serving the feast at 11. And that's one. And then the other one is 6.45 to 7.45, serving some of the shadow. I can do this 6.45 for shadow. Yeah, okay, wonderful. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Anybody want the 11 o'clock one? I would, but there's...
Krishna Krishna Hare Hare
couple of things happen. It's just like if you want to become a doctor, you learn from the doctor. You want to be an attorney, you learn from an attorney. Go to law school. Uh, you want to learn spiritual life, you learn from the Or one of the gurus trained people. They actually receive knowledge. So they can get the lawyer that you talk to in law school, will tell you the law. We won't speculate. The doctors yeah, but we had to speculate. No, it wasn't speculating. It wasn't done. It was like, you know, we've got a problem here. Just playing out solutions in your mind. Well, we have, no, it's an absolute fact. We have a problem. People are driving through school zones real fast. Let's pass a law that they have to do 20 miles an hour. Good. We vote on, yeah, so that'll help save the kids' lives. That's a law. Let's speculate. There's evidence. Kids, kids are getting run down by people driving too fast to the school zone. Uh, um, people are people are getting shot. They come into town and they get drunk in the saloon. They start shooting people. All right, then let's pass a law. Right you got to check your guns at the sheriff's office when you come in, in the town. Right now we're speculating whether we should have an officer in schools or if there's going to be armed teachers and trained teachers. We're speculating these things. They're debating. Well, people come get their debating side from speculating about the problem. And the problem with what's going on there is that there are people with other access to crime. I'm saying that it should be this way because I'll benefit. And I'll get more voters if I get you to think like I think. That's like, do you think we went to Iran for the benefit of America and for the benefit of the Iranians? The same people are trying to pass or not pass benefits for their own personal gains. It's not for the benefit of the people.
talking about speculation, especially within spiritual circles or in uh, in this context, it's not so much for the benefit of a certain social movement or uh, people benefiting from medicine through speculation processes of like, well, scientific processes of trial and error. Speculation strictly speaks about the nature of God. So because we're limited by our sense perceptions, I mean, we can only see so far, we can only grasp so much of what's actually in the universe. The Vedas describe that a multi-universe already exists. Science is only trying to confirm it now. So there's so many things of the nature of God and his activities and how his mind works that isn't speculation, it's knowledge given to us by him because who better to tell you what pleases God than God himself? So there wouldn't be any benefit for him to have people speculate, but to him, for him to analyze those activities at the same time. Although there are people who like to speculate, they would rather speculate. Because my speculation becomes part of me. You identify. Hey, that's the guy with this cool speculation. So we speculate. Those are called guns. And then there are people who really want to know. Yeah. I don't care what you think. I don't know what you know. They shouldn't be interested. It doesn't mean they're rotten, bad people. It means they're just not as serious. Is he really, really a better son? Yeah, thanks for telling me. Because that did make me kind of see a lot of like speculating about God. That was your first time. He's always there. He's always there. He's always there. He's always there. I have to 
I do it outwards. I start this way. Like, like, like clockwise. Like that way? Like clockwise. Okay, but do you like put it out? Or do you take it in? If you're going clockwise, you're going like this. So you're putting it out? I'm putting it out. Like, when you hold the knees, do you put it like this? Do you go this way? No, no, I start from this. So, okay, you got the master beat right here. Start, start and I just start going like this. I go around. So you put them out. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you're taking the fingers. Huh? Hold them with these two fingers. Yeah, and then just go like this. One bean, next bean. Yeah. That's my question. Are they coming in? It's coming in. I'm going in. I'm coming in. I'm coming in. The beans are coming out. So it's like this. Yeah, they're coming in. Big beans, small beans, small beans. So, I start with the smallest. Very quick, very quick, very quick. Do you do that? Or do you do like this? Like this. Exactly, that's my question. Are they coming into your fingers or out? I'll be like, just like this. No, I think they're coming out of my fingers. Yeah, they're coming out of my fingers. Yeah, they don't come in. I, what do you expect from somebody who starts with the small beat? <laughs> yeah, start with the small beat. He starts small and goes big. Can I see your beats for a second? Do you mind if I see him? See? Now he's got to check and see. I don't know. So I do this. Let's say I skip. This is it right here. I'll start like this. I just go one, two, three, four. I'm going like that. So you go out. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going in. Yeah, and that's okay. Yeah. I do it this way. I like. Oh no, no, I don't know. No, no, that's weird for me. That'd be weird. I just have to go out like this. I'm going out. That's okay. Okay. Either either way is okay. Start as the big. Start at the small. You can do whatever. Okay. I mean, it's your choice. The head beat is Krishna. Yeah. 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 The yeah. first big beat yeah. next yeah. to Krishna. Yeah. Like yeah. The first eight beats. Yeah. 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 Ye
you can start with a small piece and go I go towards that. Right right starting to make more mistakes or something feels weird, like you're out of sync. And it's good to think of your beads as gopis. Mm. Hey, Guru Dave, you know who I saw today? Sijin. Sijin? I saw him today. He was here. He's been coming to the temple with his mom eating for supper. Yeah. Wow. Uh, he was asking about all of us. Who just left? He said he's coming to Krishna Fest. I didn't follow him. He said he's coming to Krishna Fest. I have an appointment tomorrow. Really? Yeah. He called me Radha Sunday the other day. He's like, Hi, Krishna Radha Sunday. I'm like, Oh, hi. Because of Facebook, I changed my name. I forget. Facebook tells all. Yeah. They all change their names. My mom goes, well, I'm going to learn this one until I learn the other names. Does she like your name? Oh, yeah. She loves my name. She, she loved it because I told her the, what it means. She's like, oh, that's my daughter. People who speak Spanish will know what that Sundar means, don't they? Well, I explained it to her in Spanish. She lives here. Well, a lot of them know. There's a... It's beautiful. There's no Spanish word that's no. close to that. Yeah. No, but they recognize it. It's just like there's certain French words that we recognize. But yeah. Oh, I search you. So they know it. It's a different language. Yeah. But it's recognized. <laughs> Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Bhakti Siddhanta said something so powerful about, you know, since we were talking about, like, um, when Jesus talks about, like, no, he's the only way. I'm talking about Jagad Guru versus uh, the word the word he used is Bhakti Siddhanta was Jagad Guru and another kind of guru. He's talking about Acharya and then he's talking about your living physical guru. It's like Manu Guru or Mahu Guru or something like that. But those are the words that Bhakti Siddhanta uses. And he talks about Jesus is Jagad Guru, which is very interesting. I have the quote from one of his books. It's called the the, the, the something. Yes, the, just, 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 
Make sure it means the morning one. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but if not, then yeah. I'll definitely yeah. so in the in the book called the Sumter, the Harmony. It's uh the Harmony. Yeah, Sabaki Sadanga. Oh, it's so it's beautiful. It's really powerful. Yeah. Wow. I like him. I like him. He's so he's so like yeah. He's, he's like I have to read this stuff like seven times to really take it all in. But he's very hardly I just incredible. <laughs> just incredible <laughs> powers that mind was sharp with He was like plumetry in Christianity. Never even had a discharge. How is that possible? Those happen naturally. Only if you only if you have the that same potency, uh, the mental the mental stimuli is what creates it. That makes a lot of sense. You have a dream, you stimuli dreaming. But he didn't. He was just not even thinking about those. Focused on Krishna the Holy One. Incredible. Which gave him, when you say doesn't charm, what do you mean by yeah, he was. I mean, God, you, do, do you mind so sharp. Is it like this? Just, just again. Oh, like, is it, is it I don't know. Yeah. He, he knew what pe when people would start talking. He knew what they were going to say. Yeah. Sometimes he would cut them short and say, "You want to know this?" Yeah. Because yeah. so they didn't have the courage to come out and say. Well, I was thinking, is it like is it actually what you want to know with that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> beating around the bush and he can yeah, yeah. Here's your answer. Incredible. It's no wonder Shula Prabhupada, when he heard him, he was just like, oh. I mean, but. There's also offenses that can be made while chanting. So sometimes would say, you can also commit offenses. Someone here wants to know, if this, by chance, you've got a black smudge. And it was always, some devotee would be looking right at the devotee. You don't understand how this Sometimes you would either say that. I would be in the room and I'd be thinking, I wonder if it is possible to see any other. And someone may wonder, this. All I can see is a Was I thinking out loud? So you make your chance. No, you're not really into a it's not magic, it's just compassion. Yeah. But the side, how do you prevent the soul from the Yeah. How do you prevent it? It's not you can't. You have to come you have to get into mind. Before we can disappear. Mm. You have to get into illusion. When you become, to a certain degree, Krishna conscious, then you're connected. Even with people who can't connect, you're connected. It's like uh, Bluetooth <laughs> with someone you know. It's in their heart. You know, it's not black magic or trickster. 
It's kind of like on the spiritual level. How can you not? Yeah. On the material level, nobody really knows. So if you if you have feel deep compassion for the living entities, then you it's very easy to come in. I mean it's it's hard not to. You don't have to try. It's not like something that it's just there. And as as everybody advances in Krishna consciousness, everyone's connected. Doesn't mean that nobody has to say anything. There's plenty of this deeper understanding, full understanding of each other, fully understanding. But it's you can see how that's impossible on the material. Yeah, because people they they have a tendency to mislead. Maybe it's cheating. Cheating propensity. propensity. Yeah, one of our four defects. Mislead. I feel. But I'm not living up to my standard for myself. And I know that, but I don't know what that standard is. Well, actually, because that's being a lover of Krishna. So I know I'm not there. So I'm going to come up with some persona to paint myself as something better than I see myself. Because I have a bit I don't know what it is. Psychologists said they ask people when they have a poor self image. What's bad about it? Do you kick puppies? No. Do you hurt babies? No. Do you mean to your mother? Why do you have a poor self? Well, because you know in your heart. I'm not loving Krishna. Would you say that's also the cause of like unfulfilled material desires as well? Yeah, material desires. We get. We don't know the spiritual desires. So the only desires we have are material. Right. Material desires can never be fulfilled because you're not a material. You're a spirit. Right. So you can't. These things aren't going to satisfy you. So unfulfilled material desires equals anger. I get the right respect. Not making enough money. Nobody recognizes my greatness. Yeah, but the You've got a better car than mine. Faster motorcycle. And so, and that's why I have a. 
My material desires aren't being satisfied. So the, the four living entities just chasing his tail. Anger leads to delusion. No. Guru Dave, today I watched a documentary on um, this soccer player that I really admire for his uh, soccer skills, soccer abilities. Ronaldo. Um, and I watched I watched a documentary on his life. Since day one, like he's always he's he's been always like so passionate and desiring to be the best soccer player ever. And that's like his his driving force. That's why he's worked so hard in his life since he was little. Like he's accomplished so many things. And like when you when you I'm watching this movie and I'm and this documentary and I'm just everything that he's saying, the way that he speaks about like his desire, his passion. It's like it's so deep into the mode of passion to be the best, to want to be better than the next guy, to want to. And it's like every year he gets like he'll he'll either win the top award or he'll be nominated for it. And it's like he won't win it, but if he does, then he's got to try to outdo that next year. And it's this constant pursuit of trying to be the best, be the best. Has you know half a billion dollars, but that's not enough. It's like it's so. This is so when you watch. Yeah, and he's still yeah, to go and he's still trying, he's still trying, trying, and and you know, it's just I'm watching this and the way he talks about himself, like it's just like it's so crazy to me. Like before I'd have seen this and I'd be like, wow, this is so admirable.